1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. $5 Tuesdays at Marcus Theaters and the Movie Tavern. Includes admission and a complimentary popcorn. Download the Marcus Theater app or visit them online for a full listing of movies and showtime. Reserve your seat online or on their app in advance. I want to work in something about throwing your pads on the bench and charging off the field, Gary, but I can't think of a song that that would work for. Um, boy, I, I'm sure there are some. You know, there are certainly songs about people throwing tantrums. Yes, of course. And just none but, comes uh, to mind. No, no, that'll just have to be a memory. I've, I've never done that, by the way. I've never reviewed a concert and just given it up and <laughs> thrown thrown down my notepad and started taking off my clothes. Can't believe it. What would yeah. the equivalent, okay, talk about Antonio Brown freaking out Sunday, throwing his pads off, running off the field, jumping jacks, waving to the crowd, all that stuff. You ever a story where you went, this is nuts? A music story where you went, this is crazy? You know, yeah, you have. I mean, I remember, you know, it, it's, this isn't super duper crazy but you know i've seen i've seen en- enough guys kind of throw down their guitars and walk off stage and yeah. obviously they obviously they're frustrated with something going on in the production um it's been to been to you know i've been to some shows where people you know they're just talking nonsensically and it's like okay where where are you right now you know you're obviously not on my planet so uh, <laughs> yeah. so what's what's going on here you know you, you have those moments but it's not as striking you know, uh, as it is in something like what happened Sunday, because that's kind of what happens in entertainment and rock and roll. Yeah, yeah how I many saw awards? Stevie Nicks meltdown once on on stage. That was just yeah, you know, she was just lost. Yeah. She didn't know where she was, right. what she was doing. It was literally yeah. like right out of uh, Coal Miner's Daughter when Loretta Lynn was having some some problems and she didn't know the songs or the words. Stevie Nicks, they would start playing a song and they would stop because she was singing the wrong words. <laughs> right. Right. And I've seen that happen. I've seen it. Well, that's an accident, obviously, but, you know, kind of kind of in a, in a situation she may have put herself in in that regard. But I've been to, been to plenty of shows where people have forgotten words or started playing the wrong parts or played played chords in the wrong key to start the song. And, you know, everybody laughs and uh, and you have some fun with it, hopefully. The only thing I can think of other than that, where somebody in the band got a look was uh, Don Henley at the Riverside years ago. And they, were, <laughs> and they were playing Boys of Summer, and there's that very intricate guitar, you know, uh-huh. in the beginning. And I don't know who his guitar guy was at the time, but he hit a wrong chord, and it was, it was everybody knew it. And Henley's head snapped around to look at the guy like, what was that, you know? But yeah. the song went on. He didn't, you know, mm-hmm. that was it. But it was like, oh, I'm glad I got to see that. A mistake at a show. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, and when it comes to that kind of stuff, you, you either you're a pro and you, you kind of roll with the punch or you, or, you know, you get angry about it and stop the show and do, <laughs> you know, do something about it. I, I've seen all sorts <laughs> of things. <laughs> well, you know, every kicker's going to hit the upright now and then. <laughs> True. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you could write 100 out of, or 99 nights out of 100, you know, every now and then you're going to hit that chord, I guess. But yeah. David Lee Roth yeah. says, uh, what? No, he's not. He's canceled the farewell House he of Blues thing? Right. He's one of uh, one of quite a few COVID-related uh, cancellations that have, gone, that have gone on at the start of the year. So, you know, he was going to do, I think it was like, what was it, 10, 11 shows 
at the House of Blues in Las Vegas as a, as a farewell retirement. He is, you know, he initially just canceled or postponed the first couple, which were right at the right at the turn of the year, and now he's scratching the whole thing. And you know, he's saying this isn't necessarily retirement, but the Vegas, the uh, funny thing happened on the way to Las Vegas. Shows they're not going to happen. <laughs> well, um, but he's just a residency kind of guy now, right? I mean, yeah, oh yeah, he's not. He's not. And I'm going to go out on tour, guy. Yeah. He was supposed to be the opener for Kiss back in 2020 for part of their end of the road tour, and then you know when that didn't happen because of COVID, you know, David, David Lee Roth pivoted. And decided he was going to do something else. So David Lee Roth wasn't fired from the Kiss tour. It's just they they postponed it. He found something else to do. Pretty much. Okay. All right. Pretty um, much. Since but, we're talking about David Lee Roth, his uh, workmate uh, Eddie Le- Eddie Lee Eddie Lee Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> Eddie Van that would Hale. be his. That would be his country incarnation. We we now know his final words. Yeah, yeah, Valerie Bertinelli, his, his ex-wife, who still apparently stayed close enough that she was there every day at the hospital during his last few weeks. She has a new memoir coming out and up already, Learning to Love the Way I Am Today. And there's an excerpt published from it in which she talks about, you know, what Eddie's last words were, and they were, in fact, I love you. Uh, he said it to Ed, his current wife, Janie, and to Valerie and to his brother Alex and and his son Wolfgang, who were all around him at the hospital the day he died, told everybody he loved him. Okay, so his last yeah. words were, I love you. You as a group. Right. Well, right. Um, right. but did he say just before that, because this is, I've just heard this rumored, I don't love Michael Anthony. And then he went I, into the, who he does love. Uh, that's not in the book <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> but uh yeah and he probably doesn't necessarily love david lee roth either but <laughs> no he didn't talk about apparently according to valerie didn't say anything about that he and sammy um, were cool at the end though right he and sammy were cool at the end at least the way sammy tells it and nobody's countering it that they they reached out to each other on their respective birthdays at one point and began talking again and you know according to sammy even began talking about maybe doing something musically again. That, of course, never happened. All right. So well, Valerie's book apparently does, you know, obviously talks about the relationship with Eddie, and she, uh, you know, she explains that she can't really understand how she feels about him, but they have always loved each other. Uh, in her words, I loved him more than I know how to explain, and not in a sexual way, just in the connection they had. It's got to be a little weird uh, for Janie, the widow, uh, you know, but I, I would assume that she is at some degree of peace with that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she just so, doesn't you know, watch Valerie's cooking show. Or she's not going to read her book. Yeah. Or she th- or she throws stuff at the TV when Valerie's uh, on. I don't uh, know. Uh, but who, does, uh, do people really throw stuff at the TV when Valerie Bertinelli's on? She's She just seems like a nice... Anything is possible. Yeah, yeah. She, no, she, is, she is very, yeah. she is very nice well, and sweet. And I've seen the cooking show a few times, and it's it's entertaining. There were a couple episodes where Wolfgang was on, and that's a lot of that. Those are those are fun because you know he's cooking, and you can see that you know he's he's not necessarily down with where she's at in terms <laughs> of food, but but he's being he's being the good polite son. I was just watching an old episode, and they're all old now. Of one day at a time, 
<laughs> and Valerie Bertinelli and her TV family, Bonnie Franklin and Mackenzie Phillips, uh-huh. uh, went uh, went to Schneider's cabin for a getaway weekend. You had a cabin? I, vague, last, I, vague, I vaguely remember this. Uh, last, it was, they couldn't go somewhere. It was a last-minute New Year's Eve thing. Well, Schneider said, well, you can go to my cabin. And you can imagine what Schneider's cabin is like, right? It's just oh, yeah. some sort of love hive. Uh, with, uh, yep. <laughs> and it had a waterbed, all right? Schneider's getaway had a waterbed, but it was frozen. So they couldn't sleep on that. So that was just one of the jokes that they had going on. You know, I do you watched actually, the whole episode. No, I watched like oh. 15, 15, 10 or 15 minutes of it. No, I, it's, okay, okay. it's okay no. to say you watched the whole thing. It, it really is. <laughs> oh, no, no, it, no judgment here. Uh, You're totally judging me. You want me to say I watched the whole thing. Well, what was it? Was it bread you, you, you spoke of in, in, in positive terms once? Bread? We were just talking about bread the other day, and Brian said, I can't stand bread. And I said, well, I hope you know David Gates is the only surviving member. And he said, good, that only one I of the— I believe I said I can't stand bread. <laughs> the, you're confusing uh, me with someone else. And I said, well, then you're only going to—I'm only going to offend one or something like that. <laughs> That's actually very good. Hmm. So, uh, a letter, Gary, for you from a listener. Are you ready? Should we go to the mailbag? Sure. Can you ask Gary, it says, morning, can you ask Gary if he's heard anything about a David Bowie biopic called Stardust? Yeah, uh, uh, and we've talked about it. Okay, hold on, let me finish, actually, let, let me sure, finish the letter. I heard it was terrible. Is there anything else in the works for a movie about Bowie? Kevin from Brookfield. Hi, Kevin. Uh, nothing that I've heard about, no. Stardust came and went, and as far as I know, I was buried you know, 12 feet deep, not just six feet deep. That had all sorts of problems. I mean, it wasn't authorized. It changed, uh, as I recall, it changed directors and scriptwriters a couple of times uh, throughout the process. It just, it just did not take off. And, you know, those, the, the word about it was it was just awful. So, no. Um, beyond that, I've, I've heard of nothing else planned, although it seems like something will happen one day uh, tomorrow, by the way. Uh, would have been David Bowie's 75th birthday, and you can celebrate it in, in a number of ways. The Toy Box, which is his this unreleased album from 2001, which is really, really, really good. It was on my list of best albums of the year uh, because it came out. It came out as part of another box set in November. Now it's coming out on its own today, and then tomorrow is the second virtual a Bowie celebration. This is the thing that Mike Garson, his longtime keyboard player, does. And it's it's an all-star tribute to David Bowie. He's got Def Leppard on it. He's got some of the guys from Duran Duran, Living Color, are part of it. A bunch of the Bowie band alumni are doing it again, just like they did last year. So that's going to be available online. It's a pay-per-view. It's long. I think it's like three hours. But it'll have a lot of great performances. And he has sold his catalog. David Bowie, yes, he's the latest to sell his catalog. For well, wait a minute, David months. Bowie couldn't sell his catalog. Somebody right, sold his, it. Right. Well, okay, his, his yeah. catalog his is sold. Uh, okay, Amon, Amon, his widow and the estate uh, sold his catalog to Warner Chapel Publishing uh, for a reported two hundred fifty million dollars, yeah. and possibly, oh. and possibly more. 
um, and this this includes everything, including the toy album I just mentioned, including I I'm sure they threw in the Tin Machine album. It's just as kind of get this off our hands kind of thing. But all 26 of the studio albums, uh, the live recordings, it will include you know unreleased songs and all sorts of other materials that Warner Chapel can now exploit in whatever way they would like to. And the next, the I just read a story this morning, uh, Phil Collins is tipped to be the next one to do this. That's that is, that, we were We were guessing, is when is Phil Collins going to do this? Because he's got quite a catalog, too, not long did, ago. He does, and, and he has his share of the Genesis catalog that would be part of that, that sort of sale. And they say that's going to be worth up, you know $200 million or more when he sells it. And where's he living, and what's that? What's going on yeah, there? Uh, you know, I'm, I think he's still in Florida, but he see, he also has a place in England. You know, they apparently Genesis successfully completed two tours in the fall. You know, they did the UK, and then they did the uh, they did the, the North America. Uh, they do have European dates for next year, and I suspect there will be another North American tour next year because they own they didn't do anything west of the Mississippi. Okay, on New Year's Eve, I heard that. Uh... Anderson Cooper couldn't shut Andy Cohen up. He was just, no. he would, he was going on and on and on. But I saw Andy Cohen said, I only regret saying one thing. And that was some things he said about Ryan Seacrest and his New Year's Eve thing. But is there some journey fallout that Andy Cohen has oh, yeah. too? You know, fallout just that everybody noticed. So, you know, journey, as you know, was one of the featured acts on New Year's Rockin' Eve, Ryan Seacrest show on ABC. Um, apparently during a break, while while CNN was showing Katy Perry from Las Vegas, Andy Cohen, you know, skipped over to the Journey stage, comes back onto CSC to CNN with the confetti draped around him, the streamers that Journey had set off at the end of their set, you know, saying, yeah, I was just over at the set. And then he goes, and it's not Journey without Steve Perry. It's propaganda. And he goes on and on. And Anderson's like trying to, you know, he, he, at one point he says, to him, look, it's like I Ching. Things evolve. You know, who knew I, we'd be talking about I Ching on New Year's Eve. But, yeah, he just took, for about two minutes, he just took Journey to task for not being Journey with Steve Perry. And that was funny because, you know, Andy, Andy, and, Andy and Anderson, for that matter, were both drunk. Yeah. But Anderson... Anderson had his wits about him, and they got drunk on air. I mean, they started the broadcast by taking shots of tequila. So, you know, and Andy just took, he took apart Bill de Blasio, the outgoing New York City mayor. You know, he, he took apart Ryan Seacrest and his viewers, which, is, like you said, he, he has since he sort of apologized for. But he hasn't, hasn't said anything afterwards about Journey. Here's another quote. There's a bunch of smoke coming from Ryan Seacrest's group of losers that are performing uh-huh. behind us. Yep. If you've been watching oh, ABC yeah. tonight, you've seen nothing. I'm sorry. Yeah. But this is this is why you choose to watch CNN. Is <laughs> the the defecation show that you know that's going to be. Uh, and and it lived up to it lived up to exactly what we wanted. You know, the long suffering Anderson Cooper. You know, kind of playing at trying to keep Andy under well, control. The, he knows he knows going in, he's not going to. Yeah, it's what they wanted, but they there was a premise of uh, well, we're just going to have a New Year's show and everything will be fine. And then yeah, it was yeah, well, yeah, no, drunk, no, not, with those, not not with that guy. But okay. Andy is one of those guys that I don't know. Everybody loves Andy, and it's like yeah, that's just Andy. 
right? Yeah. Oh no, it's him being it's him being obnoxious. You know, he did he did take the De Blasio stuff a little further maybe than he should have. You know, all things considered, but you know. Taking apart the competition, sure. Yeah, what's what's really wrong with yeah, that? <laughs> it'll be fine until someday it won't be, and then that's going to be out of business or something. It'll be fine until uh, you know, Jan- you know, December, the night of December thirty first of this year when he does something else, and we yeah. forgot that he took Journey apart. Yeah, possibly. Um, okay. Adele bought a new house. She, yeah, she's shot. probably made enough so, on thirty, right? Oh yeah, easily. Easily, and it's not like she didn't have the fifty-eight million, uh, you know, before that that she shelled out for Sylvester Stallone's old house uh, in Beverly Hills, six-bedroom, nine-bathroom mansion, three-point-six acres of land, exclusive gated community. It's where you expect Adele to live. So yeah, she her. got it uh, for all... like fifty-two million less than uh, uh, Stallone listed it for. Right, was, I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't look at the listing price. I just saw she paid fifty-eight million, which you know, I would certainly sell my house if somebody offered me that. <laughs> yeah. And and I live and I live in Beverly Hills too. Right, just, yeah, not, that has just, the, uh... just not the just not the same state. <laughs> right. In the I, this seems really, really, really below them. Rush announced a new pinball machine. I just can't. They Rush doesn't hit me as the kind of band that would be like, we're not doing a pinball machine. We're oh, Rush. No, Really? They're totally, they're totally the kind of band to do that because pinball machines are like geek culture, and Rush is a geek culture band, so it fits it fits perfectly. And it's you can it's on display now at the uh, CES in Las Vegas. Uh, there's a trailer for it online. Stern Pinball made it, and they made they made you know machines for ACBC and uh, you know a bunch of the really the really good rock and roll. Uh, pinball machine. So yeah, it's a rush machine. Uh, Ed Robertson from Bare Naked Ladies was involved in curating it, and it basically they're trying like the Guns N' Roses machine last year that another company made. They're trying to recreate the experience of a rush concert in a pinball game. They've got 16 songs, special hmm. effects, a lot of them taken from Rush stage shows. Uh, you know, it's just going to be a hoot, and proceeds from it are going to the Neil Peart Research Award. Um, for the Globia Stoma Foundation. So they're doing some good things with it as well as creating a good pinball experience. Is this a limited edition pinball? Like they're only going to make 600 or 1,000 maybe? Well, there, there is going to be a limited edition of them, but there's also three levels, pro, premium, and limited edition models that start at $6,900. That's for so, the cheap one. That's for the cheap one. Where where are pinball machines now? I just I don't think I've come across one in well, the, quite a while. I mean, but, no, they're still around. But I don't go anywhere. And, yeah, some exactly. But some of the coffee you know type shops anywhere that's that's hipster or geek, really? you can find a you can find a pinball machine at now. <laughs> a pinball machine a lot seems. Of- a pinball machine seems way too loud for a coffee shop. That's like where you go to right, you're, sit well, on your computer and your latte. Right. Ding, ding, yeah, ding, 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 ding. I, I guess so. I guess I guess certain certain hipster coffee shop coffee <laughs> shops. So, you know, pin, pinball has become an at home thing. I mean, yeah. you know, it is like, okay. it's like buying a piece of furniture or a small vehicle of some kind. But if it's if it's a band you love, this is this is sort of the ultimate souvenir that you can have. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if you're kids or ACDC or Guns N' Roses type of geek, um, why not have a pinball machine that, with enough 
doodads as part of it, but it'll give you a different experience every time you play it. So it's, it'll take a while to get bored of it. But when you say it'll, you'll never get never get the same game twice or whatever you just said, that reminds me of that card thing. If you shuffle a deck of cards, Gary, did you realize mm-hmm. this? If you picked up a deck of cards right now and shuffled it, it most likely is the first time it's ever been in that order. I believe that. I mean, there's got to be a fine. There's got to be a finite thing, but it's finite, like winning the you know the money ball. You know, one in two hundred, however many million uh, times. So, so yeah, I certainly believe that. All right, before we let you go, too. Finally, um, I was never really a Ronnie James Dio fan. Matter of fact, I would say. I'm not a Ronnie James Dio fan at all, but there are people who are fans of Ronnie James Dio. But I am a sucker for a documentary, so I will watch this. You're going to get one, the Ronnie James Dio documentary, which was spoken about two years ago, uh, is going to see the light of day, according to his widow and former manager, Wendy Dio. Uh, She says that the documentary is finished, and they're just working on when and how they're going to roll it out. Apparently they got... Great cooperation from all the appropriate hard rock people, Rob Halford from Judas Priest, Jack Black, uh, members of the Runaways, Giza Butler from Black Sabbath. You know, Ronnie James Dio was very well-loved in the hard rock and metal community. You know, he, of course, sang with Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. He was part of Black Sabbath after Ozzy Osbourne left. He was huge as a solo artist, and, and they love him. You know, when they do these benefits every year, Uh, People come out of the woodwork to be part of them, and they do a motorcycle ride and a concert and all sorts of other things. And, you know, they have no, she has, um, Wendy Dio has told me she has no trouble picking up the phone, you know, and even before she has to pick up the phone, people are calling to volunteer. Well, Ronnie James Dio was that guy that when somebody would impersonate a metal band in the early 90s, they were doing Ronnie James Dio's voice. Yeah, and he is, he is credited as the devil's horn guy, even though it was, legend has it, it was Geezer Butler from Black Sabbath hmm. who showed who showed Ronnie James Dio the, the devil's horn sign. And who used to do it, Geezer used to do it on, you know, while he was playing in Sabbath. So I'm sure it'll be part of the, I'm sure it'll be part of the uh, documentary. It could be an entire documentary unto itself. There you go. Um, speaking of documentaries, by the way, before we go, because you are a, a self-proclaimed sucker for them, the really good James Taylor Carol King documentary on CNN re-airs twice this coming Sunday. Okay. Boy, those those are both ends of the canoe paddle there, aren't they? There you Ronnie go. James Dio, James go. Taylor, and Carol King. Yeah, a little, one's a little softer. One's yep. a little, so one, one, little bit. Once, so once the Lions-Packers game is out of control in the first five minutes, you'll have something else to watch. And once again, the Lions are playing their starters, too. Can't yeah. get enough of that one. Dan they're Cam- they're starters, starters such as they are. <laughs> Dan Dan Campbell, he plays to the he plays to the gun goes off. He does. That's how that and works. Good for him. And good for him, but yeah. All right, Gary. All right, we'll talk next week. Counting on it, all right? Okay, be well. Gary Graff, our music expert, every Friday morning.